Welcome to the Annie Jennings PR Real Stories of Success podcast series. Annie Jennings is the creator of the most powerful radio campaign in the country where you are booked on high-impact shows and top markets, as well as the famous pay-for-placement national television, print, and online media program where she offers guaranteed deliverables. My name is Stacey Amaral Kaufman. I'm the radio director for Annie Jennings PR and the interviewer for Jennings Wire Online Magazine, a special community of bloggers and podcasters that is capturing the hearts of America. Today, we are sharing another real story of success. Joining me is Angelique Cooper McLaughlin. She's author of Living Backward, The Gift of Hindsight in Building a Truly Significant Life, which hit the Amazon bestseller list. Through Annie Jennings PR, Angelique appeared on nearly 40 radio stations, including big media brands such as CBS Radio, iHeartMedia, Sirius XM, and ABC Radio in Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, D.C., and more. Angelique is here to tell us how everything came together in her Amazon bestseller strategy. So welcome, Angelique. Thank you, Stacey. I'm glad to be here on this podcast with you today and share some things that I've learned along the process. Well, we're glad to have you, and we get this question all the time at Annie Jennings PR. How can I make my book an Amazon bestseller? And one of my favorite quotes, and I know I shared this with you before, is that the person that wakes up and finds themselves an overnight success was never asleep, right? So tell me how that (laughs) really tells your story about this. How much time did you have to put into everything, even before the launch of your book? Wow, Stacey. The the whole process of launching my book took me hours and hours and hours. It stretched me beyond what I thought I was capable of doing. That's how demanding it was. I was putting in on average about 14, 15-hour days, actually for two years, not even before the launch. And when the launch, like a few weeks before the launch, I was putting in even more time. So if you want anything, you have to really work for it. And I like the saying that says, uh, you know, I don't believe in luck, but when preparation meets opportunity, it's when you have success. So for success in anything, you have to prepare and you have to lay a foundation and you have to do the work that it entails. And getting a book to be an Amazon bestseller takes a lot of work. And I'm glad to share what that work looked like for me. Yeah, so what are some of the things that you had in place? I know that, you know, we were uh, in talks many, many months before your book was ready to be launched. So we were Mm -hmm. helping you and preparing messaging and those sorts of things for your radio interviews. But it is, of course, a lot more than that. We always talk about how the media is just one spoke in the marketing wheel, one tool in your toolbox uh, for, Mm -hmm. for success. So what are some of the different areas, some of the different things that you had to have in place, like social media, a community around you, your design of your book, your book, by the way, people, her book is gorgeous, looking backward, it's so beautiful, the design. So talk about the different things that you had to have in place to make this uh, launch a a success. Absolutely. Well, the first thing is you have to have a product to launch. And so the product in my case was a book. And so The whole idea, the whole process of even birthing the book, that is what took so much time in in the beginning because I tend to be a perfectionist in a sense, not not obsessive compulsive, but I really value excellence. And so I was determined to not have a single mistake in this book. Now, I know every author has this dream, which I'm sure for some people has happened, but inevitably you find something that was not caught. 
but anyway, the whole process of taking the books through um, an overall high development content editing to just the regular co content editing to copy editing and me being the last person to okay everything off, check everything off. So everything had to be had to be approved by me. That in, in itself was very, very time consuming because it entailed me going over my manuscript five or six times within a very short period of time, just combing through everything. So that was the first thing. It was to get a product. And I really wanted the book, Stacy, to sit on the coffee table next to any traditionally published book since it was independently published and not have anyone be able to tell the difference. So the, the first thing was the product. And it took a lot of time and effort to make sure that the book did, as you said, I thank you for the compliment that it would be beautiful, that it would have a striking cover, and that it would it would catch people's attention. So that was the first thing that I had to do, because without a, without that, I've, I'm sunk, right? <laughs> so right. that was the first thing, is, is having the actual book. And so I would, I, would, I would tell people out there is, you know, if you're going to publish a book independently, make sure that you do the work. Make sure you put the book through all of the hurdles that a traditionally published book would go through. It's the only way to bring forth a quality product. I've seen plenty of other self-published books that, and I, and I belong to an author network, and we see it all the time. The books just don't stand up. They don't. They they haven't been professionally edited. The cover is not really striking. So that's the first thing: is make sure you have your product. Then beyond that, like you said, Stacey, the the media just wants the book in that wheel. So there's social media, which is a great way to get your message out. But you don't just get on Twitter, for example, and have a following. You have to work to create a following. You have to have a dynamic website, you know, one that has engaging content, one that is user-friendly, one that is congruent with your message. That's another uh, wheel of uh, booking the wheel. I also wanted to have a book trailer. And so I had to come up with a script for the book trailer and hire someone to create a two-minute trailer for the book. And all of these things, two minutes sounds like a quick time when you're watching it, but the time that it takes to, to work on the music, to come up with the script, to make sure that the script and the, the visuals are all uh, synchronized takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Uh, also, I had to have a subscription form on my website for people who are coming to the website to want to subscribe and become a part of the movement. I had to come up with a with freebies, if you will, I had to come up with a um, a free ebook. So I had a missing chapter from my book. That's one of the things that I offered on my website. But then I also created a separate freebie, which was a entirely new book, a small booklet, if you will, on on, a, on the topic of spiritual warfare. So I can go on and on. These are just some of the things that I had to do in terms of social media. I had to come up with um, a following, if you will and connect with people who could be ambassadors to help me get the message out. Because really, one person, you do everything in, in, in community. It's really hard to do anything that you want to accomplish just by yourself. It takes other people working with you. And so I'm very thankful that I had people that I had connected with on Twitter who were willing to help me tweet and get the word out about living backward, especially on launch day. That was really, really critical. And I think that really helped to create the momentum for me to get people really going to my website and going to Amazon to purchase the book. Now, Angelique, you talked a lot about social media here, and that is another thing that we uh, we urge people to get, not just like you said, not just get followers. I mean, you could purchase followers, right? Who cares? Exactly. You have 
5,000 followers if nobody's going to your page to see that or you're not engaging with them? Talk about the most important part of building a foundation of really engaged and responsive followers so that they can help carry your message, just like you said. Right. Well, for me, I always thought that I would not like Twitter. I always thought of Twitter and I dreaded it. Facebook was something that was much more amenable to my to my thinking. Twitter was just so intimidating to me. How does this thing even work? How do I even convey my my thoughts in in 140 characters or less? So that's 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 one thing in itself. And so what I came to understand, someone um, that I was working with gave me this analogy. She said, Twitter, picture Twitter as going to a party. And when you find someone, for example, who's a blogger, then you kind of put that person, think of that person like elevator one is the people that I've met on at Twitter who are bloggers. Then maybe elevator two are the people who have, um, who are radio broadcasters. And then another, another um, elevator could be influencers in a particular area. So in, essentially you have, you, you, you group people on Twitter into, uh, into categories of people that you can connect with for different reasons and for different things at different times. And so when you get on Twitter, no one knows who you are. When I first got on Twitter, no one knows who I am because I'm just a regular person from Orange and Virginia. And so I had to begin to connect with people who kind of had messages that were, that were aligned with my message. And so I had to retweet those people for a while before some of their followers started to pick up on what I was tweeting about. So it takes a lot of time and effort to build a following in the in the beginning. But since I since I created the following and I wanted to have a goal of 3,500 followers by my book launch, mind you, I'm sitting at 30 followers only like two and a half months prior to. But I love to encourage people, and so I realized that Twitter is really an incredible tool to help me reach many many people at one time. And so just by connecting with people by thanking them for following me, thanking them for retweeting me, commenting on their profile. If I read a profile that really had impact, I would tell the person, you know, great profile, by the, by the way. And it's just basically building a rapport, connecting with people. Even though they're out there in cyberspace, there's still people with, with goals and values and, and dreams and desires like you do. And it's just becoming like becoming friends. And so I, I, I really do have people on Twitter who, yes, I don't have not met them personally, but these people are there for me when I'm if I'm having a bad day or if they haven't if they haven't um if I send something out and they get back to me and they ask me questions, how are you doing? How's your day? So it's really an invaluable tool to connect with people and by having that platform you can exponentially increase how many people you're able to reach because you're tapping into their into their following as well. So it's really a beautiful thing when you have other people who are aligned with you, helping you to get your message out. Instead of just my 3,500 followers, I can benefit from the hundreds of thousands of other followers that my Twitter friends have. And so it, it becomes a beautiful uh, synergy when that happens. And speaking of synergy, I'm sure that there's a lot of kind of cross-marketing that takes place when you are looking at all these different platforms that you're working on with the Facebook and the Twitter. And I know you mentioned right. clout, some other types of mm-hmm. uh, networks out there, but also the website. And you mentioned initially mm-hmm. how important the website is. This is another 
uh, sticking point that we make with a lot of our clients that having a revamped current modern website that really reflects who you are and what your message <laughs> is to the world is so, so important. So talk a little bit about yeah. how you have all these different online kind of places. You have different, uh, yeah, different accounts, different uh, places where you are spreading your message and how they kind of all work together, maybe even funneling back to your website. Right. That's a great, great point, Stacey. Kind of think of it as, as breadcrumbs. The more breadcrumbs you have out there, the more digital breadcrumbs you have out there, the easier it is for people to find you. And when people see a lot of breadcrumbs, that in itself gives you credibility. When people see, oh, she was on KABC out of LA uh, two weeks ago. Oh, she's being interviewed here on Sirius XM. Oh, she did a speaking engagement at a women's conference two weeks ago. The more people see that you're you're actively out there promoting your message, the more inclined they are to, first of all, believe in what you have to offer and be willing to take the time to find out more about you. And so I can't stress enough the importance of having an online presence. My website took, after going through a lot of challenges, we finally got it to where we wanted it to be, but it took a lot of time and effort just creating the content. I have about nine different um, pages on my website in from everything from about me to blogs to my media page to my contact me page to why I wrote the book. All of these pages ne needed to be populated with content. So it takes time to sit down and compose your thoughts and, and say, what do I want to tell someone who's coming to my website? What what do I want this person to know about who I am and what I'm offering them? How can I help them? What do I have to offer them? And all of that takes a lot of time because you have to you have to step out of your author uh, role, take off your author hat, and see yourself as just a regular person coming to your site. What will capture their attention? What will keep them on your website? What will it take for them to say, oh, let me consider looking at, at what this book is about? All of these things take it takes strategy, it takes imagination, it takes creativity, and it takes a sense of knowing what you have to offer people out there. And so all of these things take time to, to create. So having that online presence, having social media, having tweets that point people to my website. It doesn't matter if I'm tweeting 100 tweets a day. If none of these tweets are driving people to either purchase the book or to come to my site to read a blog, then I'm really, in a sense, I'm not getting the best use out of Twitter. So Twitter is great, but you want to be able to use it as a tool for people to find you. And if you're not having them connect with you from your tweets, then in a sense, you're almost like wasting your time. So not every tweet that I tweet is about my book. You don't want to, you don't want to just keep telling people, you know, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. I, I don't do that. I, I tweet what I believe is valuable content, but I intersperse those tweets with the living backward. It might be a blog that I've written. It might be a special that I'm running. But I don't. I don't push that in people's face. Nobody wants to just read a tweet. Everything they get in their in their feed from you is about buying. And I see that sometimes. Every you know, people are looking at their feed, and everything is about their new book. And, and that's all they right. spam you with is is buy my new book or yeah. And I want yeah. you want to offer people something beyond just selling yourself. And so there's a fine balance between advertising something that you have to sell on Twitter versus offering people valuable content, adding to the conversation in a meaningful way, 
and um, and truly caring about people. Because I've heard the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so you can't just get on Twitter and, and get people and ask people to buy your book without having any sense of who you are. Even asking people to retweet for me, if I just ask a perfect stranger to retweet for me about my book launch, they aren't going to do that. The people who retweeted for me are the people that I had connected with and engaged with. And, and because I was, because they knew who I am, they were willing to tweet for me. And all of that takes time to build. You have to be willing to spend time on Twitter. If you're going to be on Twitter, you can't just get on. Someone told me it's like going to a party. You go to a party and you and I are chatting, Stacey. If I just walked away from the, from the chat without saying, excuse me, I'll be right back. I would come across extremely rude, right? Mm-hmm. People right. do that on Twitter. They get, they get on Twitter. One day, then they don't come back on for another week. Then they come back for another day, and it's just off. You can't do that to people. If you mm-hmm. if you people are following you, they expect to to get to get content from you, not sporadically every other week. But it's like being at a party. You don't just walk away from a conversation without saying "excuse me." So if you're at the party, you have to be engaged. You have to be chatting. So if you're on Twitter and you have followers, you have to be engaged with them on a daily basis. Yes. Yes. Now, all of these things and all of this hard work and the blood, sweat, and tears, right, and, and the passion mm-hmm. behind your message, all of this culminated in your Amazon bestseller status. How long did that take to achieve once the book was launched? Was it like instantaneous? It was actually, I was really blessed. I had a T minus seven countdown to my book launch. And so on Twitter and Facebook, I had created uh, well, I, I, not me myself personally, but someone I was working with and my daughter created really catching visuals. Uh, some visuals had like a quote from the book and others just had the special that I was running 99 cents for my Kindle. But the, the key thing is, is that I didn't just have content on Twitter and Facebook. I actually had visuals to go along with that content because people are gravitate much more easily to graphics. We all know that. It's a given that people respond to graphics more than they respond to just text. And so for the seven days leading up to my launch, on my Twitter and Facebook feeds had these really beautiful uh, visuals announcing the book launch. And so it was, you know, seven seven more days to living back for a book launch, six more days, five more days. And so I had that, and I think that really helped to um, remind people about the launch, and it created a sense of excitement about what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so on the day of the launch, you, bless your heart, you scheduled <laughs> me to be on the Beth Smith show only one hour prior to my actual book launch. And I know that some people from that radio talk show were actually able to join in on my Twitter chat that evening. And so I had a really good Twitter chat. Uh, that I, that actually I was blessed to be on. It wasn't my Twitter chat personally. I was hosted even before my Twitter chat. I was hosted by two other people who had a really significant Twitter following, and so that was that led up to my official book launch on Twitter. So by having being on their joint Twitter chat and attracting people who were aligned with their message, which was aligned with my message, those people were also able to plug into my personal Twitter chat on the day of my launch. And so it was really, it was really all the different things that I had worked on, all coming together, all converging at one time. The Facebook post, the excitement that I was building there, the the book trailer, 
which I released just the day before my launch, the the free book, the free ebook, the free missing chapter, uh, all of these things were were what I used to get people interested about living backward and the living backward movement. And so it turns out that on that day, I hit bestseller the same wow. day the book came out. And so it was really cool to see all of this activity happening all at one time. It was mind-boggling, exhilarating, and just super, super cool to see all the the weeks and months and really years of hard work coming to fruition and having that book hit uh, bestseller in, in all the different categories. It was it, it it was uh in the top one hundred in all and I was actually number number five in hot new releases um on so the following That's day great. of my launch. So wow, yeah, really people cool. people like Joe Osteen and uh Joyce Meyer and yeah. Randy Alcorn, these are all big time Christian authors and I was right up there with them. Um uh, Kyle Eidelman was just one book one level up from me. He was number four and I was number five. To, to see that on Amazon was really amazing. It, it exceeded my wildest imagination to know that I was in the top five books on Amazon, you know, competing with people who have been around and established for, for many, many years. And here I am, yeah. a new author, you know, independently published, and I hit number five on the hot new releases on Amazon. Well, that's that was incredible. very, very cool to see. Yeah, very cool and, and well-deserved because as you mentioned to me, the most important part of your strategy was the determination and the hard work mm-hmm. that it took to do it. And so deservingly so, you reached your Amazon bestseller status, your goal, and and that's awesome. So thank you again, Angelique, for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Stacey. And I hope that what I shared would, would help someone. If I can have a, If I can have a few parting words, I would just say, you know, if you're passionate about what you're doing and what you have to offer, that passion will drive you. That's what drove me, the passion that I had for the message of living backward. And I know what it's done in my life, and I know that it has the potential to do the same in other people's lives. That is what drove me to to put in the tireless hours that I put in, going to bed sometimes 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, many, many days, going to bed when the sun was coming up. Uh, that's the kind of drive that the passion gave me. So... If you're not passionate about what you're doing, about what you believe, it will be very hard to manufacture the determination and drive and energy that you need to do something like this. So I encourage you to pursue something that you're really passionate about because it is that passion, that drive that will keep you going the extra mile and get you to the finish line and beyond the finish line. Well, thanks, Angelique. That is so true. We really appreciate it. And our, uh, our listeners, they, you guys can learn all you need to learn about Angelique or all you want to learn about Angelique and her book, Living Backwards, A Gift of Hindsight and Building a Truly Significant Life, on her beautiful website, which is livingbackward.com. That's livingbackward, no S, dot com. And this podcast is presented by Annie Jennings of the national publicity firm, Annie Jennings PR, the creator of Jennings Wire Online Magazine. For more information on how you can experience national media success and guaranteed deliverables, please visit AnnieJenningsPR.com. Till next time.